Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Saturday, January the 13th, 2024. It is currently 3.25 p.m. Central Time, and I am coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Now, a few days ago, I received an email of someone who doesn't seem to really like my broadcast, but I think it's the second or third email I've received from them. So, but they don't really seem to like the broadcast, which I I mean, I hate that. It bothers me. But when someone doesn't like your broadcast, it, it always raises the question, what exactly am I supposed to do? Right? Let's say, let's say I change the broadcast to make you happy. Well, you're one person. The podcast is in the top 5% of all podcasts in the world. So do I, do I change everything to make you happy? Or do, do I keep doing what may make other people happy? Or here's a novel idea. I can't worry about who doesn't like me or who likes me. All I can do is turn on the microphone and do what I think is best. And ultimately, that's what I think I have to do. Because if I'm not just being me and doing what I I feel comfortable doing, then I'm basically creating a character to please a certain group of people. And then I just pretend to be that person and I'm not going to do that. All I can do is turn on the microphone and be me. And I'm very much aware that if you don't like me, you've got 27 billion other choices. So, I mean, there's, there's really not a lot I can do. I hate that people aren't happy, but yeah, sometimes people aren't happy. But in this particular case, one of their, I don't know if you would call it a criticism, let's just say one of their observations is about how, I guess, emotional I get and that I sound like I'm going to have a heart attack or an aneurysm and, and I'm, I'm losing my mind. And okay, all right, I got it. I got it. I know I can be very emotional. I know that. I can be very passionate. I know that. But all I can say is if you know me, I'm emotional and passionate about everything. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. I can be reading a novel and I'm sitting there talking to the novel. I'm pacing. If I'm watching a television show, I'm standing up and saying, what are you doing? I'm just, that's the way I am. So I think that's then going to translate into what I do behind the microphone. Some people may like it. Some people may hate it. Some people may want someone who sounds like NPR. Today, we're going to be talking about human trafficking. Human trafficking is a very horrible thing and a very common. I may say human trafficking is a travesty against humanity. I may scream it like that, right? But it's because that's how I feel. So I understand that not everyone likes my approach. And I got it. I understand. I understand. But there's not a lot I can do about that unless I stop being myself. Now, why am I mentioning all of that? Because there is... Two, there are, there is, there are two subjects where I may become that, that I, I think you're guaranteed when I talk about these two subjects to get very animated, very aggravated, very frustrated, very, uh, you know, elevated in my volume. And those subjects are number one, charismatic theology. 
Now, if you know me, you know I despise charismatic theology. I loathe charismatic theology. I hate charismatic theology. I believe it's a cancer in the body of Christ. I want nothing to do with it. I have, I give no mercy or quarter to the theology. To the people, I hope I'm never, I, I don't try to never attack anyone by name, but I will attack the theology with everything in me. I try to be somewhat patient and understanding for people, but the theology itself, I know no compassion, no mercy. I loathe it. I hate it. And I wish charismatic theology no longer existed and was wiped from the face of the earth. And I wish Christianity would have risen up at the very onset of charismatic theology beginning to grow and condemn it and say, no, not welcomed here. Not in this place. No, not here. Not coming into the church. No, not coming on Christian radio. No, go. You're not Christianity. You're in, you're a mutated version of Christianity. You are a cancer. But that's not what happened. But I still will stand my ground that I can't stand charismatic theology. And I get passionate about it. And you may not understand my passion. It may make no sense to you. But I have seen the damage charismatic theology does because one of the core teachings of charismatic theology is that healing is guaranteed in the atonement of Christ because by his stripes we are healed. And that healing is for the here and now. It's not if it's God's will. It is God's will to heal you. You just believe by faith and it, it. No, no, no. That teaching is evil, horrific. And the fact that any Christian just kind of says, well, that's what they believe. I'm sorry, you're part of the problem because it's not just what they believe. That's a horrific thing to tell people. And I've seen the damage that it has done. You should make no, give that, that teaching no quarter, no mercy, no, no compromise. And then the other teaching is they claim that they hear from God. God supposedly talks to them outside of the Bible. Extra biblical revelation. They'll say, well, it's not extra biblical revelation. It's just God tells, oh, just stop. God is not talking to you. If he is, then there's no point in a Bible because God is specifically talking to you every single day. And when you listen to him, it's like God tells them this and tells them that and to turn here and go here and go to this store and buy this house and do this and do this and do this. and do. This. I don't even know what's the point of even studying the Bible. And that mentality of God talking to you outside of the Bible has infiltrated every aspect of Christianity. But I can't stand charismatic theology. Hate it. I don't apologize for it. I understand when it comes to the charismatic world, I would never, never be a part of it, get anywhere near it, would never attend a church associated with it. I just wouldn't. Right? I just would not. I would not have anything to do with it. That's how much I hate it and loathe it. So that's the first thing that gets me really fired up and emotional. A second thing. The political hijacking of the American church. The rise of Christian nationalism. Everything associated with that. Where the church sounds like that they are an arm of the Republican Party. Where Christians try to defend the nonsense and defend the political hijacking of the American church. I don't understand it. Why would you take something as pure and holy as as correct theology and Christianity and then infiltrate Christianity with this filthy political mindset and ideology. It corrupts it and it turns Christianity into less than Christianity. Turns it into a worldly ideology that's more political than it is theological. 
When you walk around, you sound more like you've been listening to Fox News for 15 hours a day instead of reading your Bible. When you sound like Trump instead of sounding like Jesus. Those two things will literally, they, they push me to the brink of a nervous breakdown. And they, they both things between the charismatic uh, hijack, well, I'll call it the charismatic hijacking of the church and the political hijacking of the church. I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes I look around like I don't belong anywhere in Christianity. I don't belong because half of the church is corrupted with charismatic mindset and the other half is corrupted with a right-leaning Republican Trumpism that I cannot tolerate or stand because it's not Christianity. Charismatic theology nor political or the political hijacking of the church, does that leave you with biblical Christianity? It leaves you with a corrupted Christianity that is not Christianity. So when I take my strong stance against this, I do this with str- strong emotion. And, and, and I don't apologize for that. In fact, I, I don't even have time. I don't even like debating it or arguing about it. Because look, what's the point? Look, if you want to be a Christian nationalist, go do it. American Christianity will welcome you with open arms. You want to be a charismatic? More power to you. The church will open their arms to you. And if you think that's Christianity and you want to defend it, you want to justify it, by all means, go. But not for me. Not for me. Now, I mention all of that because I have a news article here (laughs) that brings the two worlds together. Charismatic theology and Trumpism and Christian nationalism and political hijacking of the church. And the two come crashing together. (sighs) And someone is issuing a warning. But the weird thing is the person issuing a warning is a charismatic, which then only makes me want to scream that much louder because I'm like, it's your charismatic theology. That's the problem. But they don't seem to get it. Here is the headline. Enough already with the pro-Trump prophecies, exclamation mark. Enough already with the pro-Trump prophecies, exclamation mark. So that needs to be said with a little bit of passion. For those who don't like it, I'm going to emphasize that exclamation mark. Enough already with the pro-Trump prophecies. See, I'm going to stress that. All right, so then when I saw the headline, I'm like, ooh, someone is taking a stand against this. Okay, I hope they take a stand against the political hijacking of the church and against those who would make prophecy because clearly you know you're in the charismatic world. All right, so, all right, good, good. This is going to deal with both of them. And then I saw the name of the author of said article, Michael Brown. And I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Now, on one hand, Michael Brown, I think, has done a great service to the body of Christ. He tried to warn people. He called Trump a test to see how the church would respond to the test. And the church failed miserably when it came to Trump. And the church is setting itself up to fail again. The test that Trump provides, that Trump is a test for the church. I think in both, I mean, we, we failed in the past. We fell in the present. We're going to fell in the future. I don't get it. I don't know. It's because the church wants political power and we want to force everyone to be act like a Christian, even if they're not. It's really bizarre. It's really, really weird. All right. But so I'm very appreciative of how he challenged the church on this. I'm very appreciative 
how he he tried to call into question some of the things that were happening. I am very appreciative that Michael Brown will at least offer critique and challenge even to those within the charismatic world. But here's what blows my mind. He's a charismatic. In fact, if you look up Dr. Michael Brown, just anything about him, Michael L. Brown, born March the 16th, 1955, is an American radio host, author, apologist, activist, proponent of messianic Judaism, Christian Zionism, and the charismatic movement. So for a charismatic to tell others, enough with the pro-Trump prophecies... Now, I, I, I don't know. I don't have words for that. I'm like, okay, hey, Dr. Michael Brown, instead of telling them to stop with the pro-Trump prophecies, how about you tell them to stop with their charismatic theology that leads them to think God is talking to them and God is giving them some kind of secret information and some kind of prophecy? How about you go after the root of the problem? How about you go after the really re- you just want to you you're trying to treat the symptom the stop worrying about the symptom. Go after the disease. The disease is charismatic theology and the political hijacking of the church. But let's see how he addresses this. This article was published on Tuesday, January the 9th, 2024. I apologize that it's now January the 13th, but I did try to address this on January the 12th, but the internet decided it did not want to cooperate. So here we go again. Are you ready? Come November 2024, if Donald Trump is on the presidential ballot, he may be your candidate of choice. But by then, he may have won the GOP nomination, and a landslide. And for you, hands down, he may be your man for any of a thousand reasons. He may even be our next president. This is not my issue here. In fact, my issue is not political at all. It is spiritual. It is prophetic. It is about the honor of the Lord and the reputation of the Spirit. It is about credibility. And if there is a prophetic word that God is speaking now about the 2024 election, it is simply enough already with the Donald Trump prophecies. Oh, no. Okay. So God is speaking. Okay. Now I got to make sure I understand this. So if someone gives a pro-Trump prophecy, is that God speaking or is God speaking to the one telling us enough with the pro-Trump prophecy? So if someone says God told them they got a pro-Trump prophecy, That can't be right because another charismatic got a word that says enough already with the Donald Trump prophecies. So here's, I love this about the charismatic world. Who's hearing from God? Who? Because you all supposedly hear from God and you can say absolutely contradictory things. So which one is it? Which one is it? Which one? I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? And I always say that to charismatics. If you say something, said, God told me that. And if I was to tell you, well, wait a minute, God just told me he didn't tell you that. Are you going to listen to me? Are you going to listen to what you think was God? Well, who's telling the truth? Nobody seems to know. Nobody cares because charismatic theology is insane. I have no other words for it. All right, but let's see what he says here. There is still egg on our face because of the 2020 debacle. When I say our faces is because I'm a leader in the Pentecostal charismatic church. Yeah, that's the problem right there, but okay. 
And even though I worked hard with others to call for prophetic accountability and to rebuke the false prophecies about Trump, this is my family, so there is egg on all of our faces, and this is my mess too. Well, let me tell you again, Michael Brown, the problem is because your family, okay, which is not Christian, so that's okay, I'll just put it outside of the Christian world, the charismatic church, the Pentecostal church, that's the problem because you have a theology, which says God is speaking to you outside of the Bible. And you've got a long history of charismatics claiming, God just told me this, and God just told me this, and God just told me this. And God. I, I have heard so much of it. I, I, I Again, I used to, every year, at the end of the year, get Charisma Magazine. Because at the end of the, like the December issue, they would have all, or sometimes at the January issue, they would have a whole section of, prophetic voices about the coming year. And people would give these prophecies like, oh, in, in the next year, God's glory is going to fill the earth and hospitals are going to be emptied and people are going to be healed and, and it's going to be amazing. And, others, and another one will say, oh no, it's a time of shaking. It's a time of, and it's going to be trial, but you hold on and you'll get your breakthrough. And it's just the same nonsense year after year after year. And no matter how much they got wrong, no matter how vague they could possibly make it, no matter what, they were right there the next year giving more. And nobody ever stopped and go, you guys are pathetic. You never get anything right. God is not talking to you. I would do better than just reading the, astro my, the astrology page. My horoscope would probably be more accurate than you so-called charismatic prophets. But they continue over and over and over. Oh, I've heard it so many times. God's going to do this here. Even right here. I, I remember one year I went to all the care. I, I didn't go to, I listened to all the charismatic sermons from the local churches here in Abilene that were posted on the internet as it got to the end of a year. And one was like, Oh, I see. I saw this vision and, and destruction is coming upon Abilene, Texas, and it's going to be horrible. It's going to be, it's going to be destructive. Well, Abilene's still here. There was nothing horrible destructive. Others were like, oh, it's going to be the greatest time in the history of this city. Wealth and prosperity and healing. And well, nothing changed. I lived in the city. Nothing changed. Guess what? Those churches are still there, still telling their lies. Because the charismatic world is never held accountable. No matter how many times they get it wrong, no matter how many times they tell someone that healing is coming and it doesn't, no matter how many times they claim the hospitals are going to be emptied out, no matter how many times they claim people are going to raise from the dead. But they just keep going on and people keep sending them money and sending them money and sending them money and sending them money and, and they, they have influence and they have power and they have position. So yeah, no, I'm sorry, Dr. Michael Brown, you don't have egg in your face because of the 2020 debacle. You have egg in your face because your entire movement is corrupt and heretical. The fruit of your movement is lies, lies and more lies. Scandal and schemes and, and, and deceit. Claiming, ooh, these people were healed. And then 2020, Dateline, anybody goes and investigate and realize all these people who went to this rally, they weren't really healed. In fact, they end up dying of the very disease that they were on stage going, I'm healed. Yeah, or whatever. 
But do the charismatics ever show up at the funerals to raise the person from the dead? No. Do the charismatic the charismatics are I'm so, oh I cannot stand the entire movement. So you get egg on your face because the movement is corrupt. It's been corrupt since Azusa Street. It's been corrupt before Azusa Street. It's been corrupt. But let's see what he says. Tragically and inexcusably, there is still denial and deception and duplicity about the failed prophecies all in the name of the Lord. Now, that, that's, that's called the, the, you know, par for the course in the charismatic world. You never, nobody ever takes responsibility for their failed prophecies. No one ever does. And you just go, oh, God told me this, and God told me this, and God told me that, and God told me this. and It just never stops. There is still excuse making and finger pointing and blame shifting without any accountability and integrity to the point that some of the prophets who blew it most egregiously, I mean, prophesying specific dates and timeline that flatly did not pan out, have continued to prophesy about Trump to this day without correction or apology, because that's what your movement does. That's, that is the problem with your movement. And again, you want to go after the symptom. Don't go, go after the disease. God is speaking to us today in his word alone. The scriptures are the authority. The scriptures are the completed revelation. It's done. It's finished. It's there. The perfect has come. If we believe the Bible is the inerrant, inspired, perfect word of God, then it's come. And all those other things are done. They're finished. God spoke in many ways in the past, but now we have it right here. And look, there's no point in having a completed revelation in written form if you're just going to keep like just opening up the back of your Bible and just keep adding things. Just keep adding. God told me this and 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 this. It just never stops. But then charismatic like, well, that's different. It's not the same thing. It's not on the same level. Well, if it's not on the same level, then what's the point of it? It's, it's, it's kind of, uh, of accurate. It's not accurate. Or, but, and why is it that when you speak it, you speak it. And if I was writing it down, I say this all the time. If I was to write down what you were saying, you tell me God, you, in your sermons, you'll say, God said this. Well, then I would open parentheses or open quotation marks and I would write it all out and then close quotation. It would be, a, it would be in quotations as if it was a direct quotation from God. Well, now you're putting words in the mouth of God. And if you've put words in the mouth of God that are not from God, that's blasphemy. That's wrong. That's pathetic. That's deceptive. That's lying. To the contrary, he continues. They have attacked those of us who have called for correction and accountability rather than humble themselves and say, we blew it. We were wrong. We need to get our act together. Yeah, they won't wait. They don't like to be corrected. Never, never. That could never happen. No, no. To be fair. Let's to be fair. Let's let, let me stop here. Let me stop here. That is a problem with all of us. That's not a charismatic thing. Charismatics do not have a corner on the market of not liking to be corrected. I don't like to be corrected. Nobody likes to be corrected because of our fleshly human pride. Right. So we that that's that's okay. But when it comes to 
what they, and just make it very clear, what they need to be corrected on is to give up their nonsense that God is talking to them. That's what they need to be corrected, not corrected on being a little bit more careful with your prophecies or just admitting when you get them wrong, just realize you're not hearing from God. <laughs> that's, that's what you need to be corrected on. Yes, I ha- actually heard, okay, then this is what they're going to say. Instead, in their eyes, everyone else is wrong. I've, I've even heard the accusation that the reason the prophecies did not come to pass was because of people like me who called for accountability and repentance. Oh, so the prophecy didn't come to pass because some people criticized the prophecies, questioned the prophecies. That's the reason it didn't come to pass. Well, that's, uh, whew, that's, uh, that's some, that's some clever way to get out of it. He goes on to say, yes, I actually heard this between the 2020 elections and the inauguration as these prophets continued to proclaim that the election had been stolen and that Trump, not Biden, would be inaugurated. When I responded saying that whether or not the election was stolen, Trump would not be inaugurated, I was called an unbeliever, a rhino. Now, immediately, I want you to hear that. You were called a rhino. That's Republican in name only, if you don't know what that is. That's political talk. That's Rush Limbaugh. I always forget the name of the people who took his place. That's Glenn Beck. That's Sean Hannity. That's Mark Levin. That's all of the AM talk radio shows. Rhinos, rhinos, rhinos. Anyone who's not conservative enough, even even when who's not, you know, supporting of Trump, you're just a rhino. You're just a rhino. See, now when the church starts using that kind of language and accuses someone of being a rhino because you simply call their their theological practice into question, you know that they're politically hijacked. Now, Michael Brown goes on to say, this is funny since I'm a registered independent. A secret leftist, he was called, or communist, a plant of the Democrat Party. Seriously? No, it is serious because this is what... The entire movement from Trump, the MAGA corruption that came into the church, it has so infiltrated the minds of some Christians, they can't see it. They talk like they're Fox News. They talk like they're Tucker Carlson. They talk like they're Alex Jones. They can't, they they talk like they're from a QAnon website. They cannot seem to communicate biblically logically and rationally because they've been so blinded by a political mindset. Well, now here you've got their charismatic nonsense. God spoke to me and God told me this. And then you've got their political hijacking. Rhino, leftist, you're a secret plant of the Democratic Party. Okay, all right. You're a leftist. That's all. That's the two worlds coming together. Let me continue. Uh, more, more to the point, I was told that it was because of cowardly, unbelieving people like me that Trump might not make it. In contrast, the prophets were likened to Joshua and Caleb, ready to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. People like me, people like me were likened to the 10 spies full of unbelief, told the Israelites that they could not take the land. Numbers 13 and 14. Now, I'm, 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 
immediately you realize what they're doing. They just go run, find a story in the Bible, and then they insert themselves into the narrative and are like, we're the good guys and you're the bad guys. See, we we are Joshua and Caleb. We're the believers and you are what, like those unbelieving spies. Isn't it great how people can do that? They can just take a biblical narrative, jump into the narrative and pick the side that they want to be. We're David, you're Goliath. We're Joshua and Caleb. You're the spies. We're this, you're that. You're the Egyptians. We are the Israelites. You're, we're, we're the, you're the ones drowned by the ocean. We're the one who went across on dry land. Isn't it amazing you can just take a Bible story and just insert yourself into the story and be the character you want to be? That's not Bible study. That's not handling the word of God right. That's insane. That is twisting and abusing scripture. And guess what? That's another hallmark of. Oh yes, the charismatic world. And I wonder why they handle the scriptures in such a ridiculous way because they constantly believe God is talking to them. Now you, you're already got the re, a ridiculous theology and then obviously, well, bring in the politics and I'm sorry, you've, you've got, you've got, you've got something so polluted, so messed up that I, I can see why some people are like, I'm just done with the church. I'm done with the church. I'm done with it. Your politically hijacked church, I'm not going to it. Your political hijacked church, it's patriotism, patriotism, America, Trump, Republicans. No, no, nothing to do with it. And and your corrupted church, it's like God speaking to me and healing and, and all the charismatic lingo. No, done with it, done with it. Not going to have anything to do with either. Now, Michael Brown, he's obviously frustrated. He goes on to say, what deception, what drivel, what an insult to the word of God and the character of God. What a mockery of the spirit. Oh, there's Michael Brown getting frustrated with it. The truth be told, in the midst of the pro-Trump prophecy frenzy, it took far more courage to say he would not be president than to join the prophecy affirming throngs. Yet for taking a stand and speaking the truth and yet going against the grain and losing thousands of social media followers in the process, I was being cowardly. For the record, the only thing that hurt me was that people were hurting and being misled. Losing followers was not my concern. Losing my ability to help them was. So his ministry suffered. You know why it suffered? Because I know what it's like. I'm, I'm, look, this is where me and Michael Brown, we haven't come. You can't speak against Trump. You can't speak against Christian nationalism. People get upset. They get mad. I think, I think it would be easier to say, hey, guys, I'm going to do a podcast tonight and I'm going to declare that Jesus wasn't God and there is no Trinity. And I think you'll get like, yeah, so what? If you say Trump as a Christian, you should not support Trump. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh where's his email? Where's his email? Oh, I can't believe it. I, I just denied the Trinity. I don't, I don't care about the Trinity. You, how dare you touch my Trump? How dare you touch my God? Well, you got very upset when I call, called into question Christian nationalism. You got very upset when I called into question your loyalty for Trump. It's like, you, you, I, I mean, my goodness, you could, you could deny inspiration of scripture, infallibility of scripture, the Trinity, you, that you could, you could deny the six days of creation. You could probably deny pretty much anything. And I think you'll get less of a response than you will if you go after anything about the culture wars or politics, which demonstrates the people are so hijacked that they're so sensitive that even a little bump into their golden calf, they lose their minds. It's like, 
look, what you get so upset about shows me what you're concerned about. And I check my emails. What do people get mad at me for? How dare I go after anything that would not put me in the camp of pro-Trump, pro-Republican, pro-patriotism, pro-whatever. Pro America, pro uh, Republican Party, pro. I got. I got to be. I. I, I got to get all my political things. I got to be pro of. Michael Brown. He did that, and he he suffered. I've had people do that to me. I'm never going to listen to you again. Never. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. You would have think that I literally denied. The substitutionary sacrifice of Jesus Christ. You think I would have denied justification by grace alone, through faith alone, because of Christ alone? You think I would have denied, you know, the bodily resurrection of Christ, the, the physical return of Christ, uh, that Christ is sitting at the right hand of the Father? You, you, you think I would have denied like these core theological teachings? But no, 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 no. I'm just like, you're politically hijacked. This is insane. And the church is corrupt. And like, how dare you? It's almost like demons come out of them. How dare you speak against our master Trump? You will worship Trump or we will destroy you. It's like, calm down. It's not calm down. I, I better regurgitate the talking points that Fox News gave out last night. Or oh, if you call into question Fox News, you'll get in trouble. If you do a podcast, hey, Fox News just lost a lawsuit for 750 something million dollars because of the lies they put on the air about the election being stolen. Oh, how dare you? You you don't know what you're talking about. What about Biden? What about CNN? And like, uh, who lost the lawsuit? Thankfully, Michael Brown continues, a few prophets acknowledged their error in prophesying a Trump victory. Yet by apologizing, they came under far more attack than I did in calling for accountability. That alone illustrated a new upside, how upside down things had become. Now, please note. So some said, hey, we got it wrong. And for apologizing, they came under far more attack because they said they got the prophecy wrong. How dare you say that? No, you say you got the prophecy right that Trump really is the president and that, and that Biden really isn't there. And, and, just, and all, I mean, I, I could go full QAnon on you right now. But and my, even Michael Brown's like, this alone illustrates how upside down things had become. Yeah, things are completely upside down because the church is no longer the church. The church is the Republican Party. Jesus isn't Lord. Trump is Lord. I see you say that and they're like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that. How dare you say that? Yeah, but then look at how upset you get when anyone even dare suggest that maybe you're politically hijacked or maybe your politics is corrupting your theology or, or just, just maybe, just maybe your loyalty is too much to a political party and to a man than it is to Christ. You swim against the tide and challenge the crowd, and for that you're called a coward. Or you humble yourself and ask for forgiveness, and that your followers turn on you in mass. What kind of nonsense is this? Yet the excuses continued. Donald Trump did win the election, just as we prophesied, but it was stolen from him. Then why didn't God tell you that it would be stolen? 
This would be like me telling you tomorrow the Lord will give you a brand new car, but I failed to tell you that as it was being delivered to your home, a thief carjacked it and you will never see it. Sorry, but I don't buy it. Oh, wait, oh, wait, wait, Michael Brown, you're going to call into question what they supposedly heard from God? Oh, no. Wait, what's happening? What is happening? Yeah, I, you know what? Here's the difference. I call all of you into question because none of you are hearing from God unless you're reading your Bible. And if you're hearing something audibly, it better be your own voice reading the word of God out loud. It's like a man standing on a street corner in Manhattan, clapping his hands and shouting. And when someone asks him, what are you doing? He replies, I'm keeping the crocodiles away. When someone else says to him, but there's no crocodiles for hundreds of miles around, he answers, you see, it's working. It's the same kind of nonsense with Trump prophets, many of whom will say, you see, we told you if he if he is reelected in 2024. And I remember I write this uh, as a two time Trump voter, meaning in 2016 and 2020, speaking directly to the Trump prophets. Uh, OK, All right, so let me read this again. It's the same kind of nonsense with the Trump prophets, many of whom will say, you see, we told you. If he is re- reelected in 2024. So if he's reelected in 2024, then the Trump prophets are going to be like, see, we told you, we told you, we told you. You're like, well, you kind of got it wrong, but that's okay. And Michael Brown then, of course, he puts this in parentheses because he's got to, you know, try to at least appease the Trump supporters. And remember, I write this as a two-time Trump voter, meaning in 2016 and 2020. And look, I don't care. I'll say this right here, right now. I did not vote for Trump. I will never vote for Trump. End of story. Now, to be fair, I don't vote because I think the whole thing is ridiculous. I think the whole thing is a, a is a game, and I think all you're doing is putting people in power who could care less about you, and you're and you're spending your time and your efforts to put them in power, and they don't care about you, and they don't even care about the country. They care about their own ideology and their own agenda far more than they did. Because if they actually cared about the country, Democrat and Republican would come together and say, "Let's figure out what's best for the country." But they're so committed to an ideology that they put the ideology before the country. There you go. I do believe God puts those in charge, should be in charge. And I believe whoever it is, my job is supposed to, one, pray for them, and two, supposed to submit in every way possible. Speaking directly to the Trump prophets, I remind you that many of you told us, number one, Trump would serve eight consecutive years. He did not. Two, that the courts would overturn the election results, even giving us time frames when certain states would turn from blue to red. This did not happen. Number three, that Trump, not Biden, would be inaugurated and that Biden would never serve a day in the White House. None of this happened. And what did some of you say since then? It doesn't matter who's in the White House because Trump is God's president. What? Or I see a vision of Trump sitting enthroned in heaven, ruling with a golden scepter. What? Oh. Now, Michael Brown would know what's going on in his, his charismatic world far better than me. If you hear someone saying that, your, 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 your movement is, is gone. Or there are two presidents now, the false one, Biden, and the real one, real one Trump. Or that's not really Joe Biden. That's someone impersonating him. Trump is the real president. Repent. This is garbage. This is a stench in God's nostrils. Enough. 
The good news is that the deception has only become more blatant over the years. The bad news is that the countless thousands, if not millions of gullible followers still buy into this garbage, which may be fairly lucrative as well. I mean, Michael Brown is obviously ticked off at it. He's calling it garbage. He's coming. He's he's done with it. When the larger body of Christ and certainly the secular world may not know what may not know is that some of the most respected charismatic prophets did not prophesy a Trump victory. They offered no prophetic words at all about the election, recognizing that God had not spoken to them about it. Yet their their good names have been marred because of the errors of so many others, which is a real shame. Well, you know what? Unless they, they should repent of the charismatic theology that even allows this nonsense to happen. But I, I digress. I even have colleagues who don't claim to be prophets who reached out to me some months before November 2020 saying that God showed them that Biden would be president. One reason being the degree to which many Christians had made Trump into an idol. These voices, however, were totally obscured by the landslide of pro-Trump prophecies and the days to come. And you can expect to hear these pro-Trump prophets shouting from the rooftops again. This time around, let's ignore them. Or when appropriate, let's call them to account and expose them. Well, again, here's the thing. You can't see the chaos your own movement provides. You had people within your own movement saying God told them Biden wouldn't be president. You got people in your movement claiming God told them that Trump would be president. Wait a minute. How can in your movement, you have people all supposedly hearing from God, hearing radically different things? Because none of you are hearing from God. You're all making it up. You're charlatans. Your whole movement is fraudulent. That's why God gave us his word in written form that requires study. It requires exegesis. It requires hermeneutics. It requires understanding syntax and historical context and textual context. It requires work. It requires study. It requires work, 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 work. Not, oh, God told me this. God told me this. God told me this. God's not telling you anything. And if he was telling you anything, it would probably be to shut up and study his word. Then Michael Brown says, go back now and read the article from April 17th, 2020, confronting the false end of COVID prophecies. Be assured that the critics of the charismatic movement called these failed prophecies loud and clearly, and they had every right to do so. Yeah. Every time I hear a prophecy from any charismatic, I called it a false prophecy because God is not talking to you. Or read the article from December the 15th to my prophetic friends. You were either right or wrong. It's, it makes it makes for quite a read today. Or check out the article from January the 21st, 2021. Lovingly but forcefully calling on these prophets to repent now that Biden, not Trump, had been inaugurated. Then read this article from May 1st, 2021, when a wide-ranging collective call for prophetic accountability along with the announcement of the release of prophetic standards document, which has garnered more than 1,000 leadership signatures. Yeah, I remember your little prophetic standards document, but you're still saying that God speaks. You're still saying people receive prophecy. I'm tired of it. You're, that's the cancer. You're just like, we've just got to be more careful. We, gotta, we need some guidelines here. Here's a guideline. God speaks through his word. The end. Wow, that problem solved. 
Now, we have enough problems, and, and this is what's crazy. Charismatics can't even agree what God is supposedly talking to them. And then the non-charismatics, we can't agree on what the word baptism means. We can't agree on how to do the Lord's Supper. We can't even agree on what the structure of the church is. We can't even agree on what the word repentance means. So on the other side, the non-charismatic world, we got our own problems. Because we can't even agree on what words in the Bible mean. Which is shows how frustrating the entire Christian world is. Or you can go way back to 2018 and read my book, Playing with Fire, a wake-up call to the Pentecostal Charismatic Church uh, for chapters on accountable, accountable prophets and mercenary prophets. Well, here's how about you just go back to, I don't know, your entire movement has been fraudulent forever. And remember, my, one of my early, 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 early experiences of the charismatic movement was at a concert, Hardin Simmons University at the chapel. I, I can't remember what it was called. Barron's Chapel. I can't remember what it's called. And second chapter of Acts was planned. I believe it was second chapter of Acts. I tried to never give the name of the Christian band because I don't want to be wrong in the name. So there was a Christian band playing. And when you first walk in, the band was kind of just right there in the lobby when you walked into the building for the chapel right there. And they were just you know, talking to fans, just going through talking to fans. And you're just kind of like, oh, that's really cool, you know? And so fans are talking to them and they're asking fans questions about how you doing, anything we can pray for you for. And then people are saying, oh, you know, this happened or, or I had surgery. or And, and you're like, oh, that's kind of really nice. That's really cool. Now I'm a brand new Christian. But then later at the end of the concert, <laughs> that same Christian band's on stage going, I'm getting a word of knowledge. There's someone out there who, and I'm like, you getting a word of knowledge because you literally, you really, you literally went through the crowd getting the information that now you're supposedly getting a word of knowledge. You're fake. You're an absolute fake. And that I, I came to that conclusion as a teenager. I saw the whole game being played out right in front of my very eyes as a teenager. I'm like, these people are insane. How could anyone believe in this nonsense? I still don't understand. I still don't understand. I don't understand how people can get caught up in politics over actual biblical Christianity. And I don't know how people can get caught up in the charismatic movement. I will, I'll never understand it. Now, I got a million of my own problems that you would never understand how I have those problems. I have my own problems. So I'm not coming here like I've got Christianity figured out because I don't have Christianity figured out. I don't even have my own life figured out. Okay, I can't even figure out how to make it two hours without sinning. Okay, I've got my own sin and, and my own issues. But I will never comprehend those two, that the charismatic movement or the political hijacking of the church. I will never understand it. Because the whole charismatic movement requires just denying actual reality. And the political hijacking, it seems to be that you're throwing the, the things of God into the dirt to grab onto the polluted, polluted world of politics. He goes on to say, these have been issues of concern for years, dating back decades, but things have come to a very public head today. So as a tongue-speaking Pentecostal charismatic leader who openly embraces the gifts and powers of the spirit without shame, I say this. 
There, if there is any word that the Spirit is speaking now, it's simply this, enough already. You know what? I agree, Michael Brown, enough already. Enough with your entire movement. Enough with the Pentecostal movement. Enough with the charismatic movement. Enough with it all. It should be rejected. People should flee from it. They should not look back. They should get out of there like they're trying to get out of Sodom and Gomorrah. And the whole the whole charismatic world needs to crumble and implode in and on itself and become something we write about in the history books. For the political hijack church, if you're in one of those, you need to flee and get out and get out of a church that's more focused on politics than it is the word of God. And if you are politically hijacked, you need to have spiritual surgery and remove the cancer of your political nonsense. Now, I remember I was worried about this at the end of 2023. I said 2024 is going to be crazy. It's going to be bad. Well, here's even Michael Brown's like, this is, this is enough, enough of this. This is, this is enough. Well, I don't even want to keep up with what's going on in the charismatic world. I don't. I mean, I literally could create a podcast just like charismatic watch. Here's what's happening in the charismatic world today. Today is January the 13th. And here's what's going on in the world of charismatic theology. So-and-so heard from God today. This is what God supposedly told them. But wait, there's more. Someone else heard from God and God told them this. Oh, wait, there's more. They responded that there were 50 people healed. Now, later reports decided that those 50 people actually weren't healed because they're all dead now. Okay, whatever the case may be, it would be like, I would lose my mind. I would have to start doing that podcast with like a you know, a, a 40 ounce here, I, I, a bottle of Jack, I know something. I would just have to sit here drinking on the air going, all right, let's see what's going on in the charismatic world today because eh, I just need another drink, make it a double because I'm not going to make it through this podcast unless I'm completely drunk. Maybe I should do that. That probably, I probably could monetize that baby and make some money. Right, maybe that's what I should do. That's the answer. Okay. Because the world, the world, but that world's been crazy forever. I mean, come on. Do you remember the Vineyard Movement? Do you remember, uh, was it the Lakeland Revival? You know, Jesus was going to show up on the stage. I remember I told everyone at church that night. Okay, all right. It's on, I think it was on God TV. Download the God TV app, however you can get there. Watch it. Because at seven o'clock tonight, I always forget his name. I forget the name of the person who was involved in that revival. Jesus is supposed to appear on stage. Let's go home and watch it. Yeah, Jesus didn't appear on stage. Of course, he did not. Of course. All the other, I don't know how many times, oh, the charismatics are saying this. Everybody watch. Yeah, and of course, nothing ever happens. Lies, more lies, more lies, lies, more lies, lies, more lies, 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 false prophecies, lies, lies, twisting of scripture, more garbage. I think it was Lakeland Revival. They were claiming that people were being raised from the dead uh, because the TV was playing in a mortuary somewhere and, and, and at a funeral home somewhere. And then come to find out there was no actual proof of any of those reports. And it's just it was just nonsense and more nonsense and more nonsense. Now, if the political hijacked church would join forces with the charismatic church and y'all would form a new religion and leave Christianity, then I don't care what you do. You can call it, I don't know, MAGA 
spirit. I don't know what you want to call it. Mega, mega Holy Spirit. I don't know. Wh- whatever you want to call it. But make sure you get the political part. Make sure you get the charismatic part and go somewhere and have your own headquarters, build your own churches, have your own pastors. Just do me a favor. Don't claim that it's Christianity. And then I don't really don't care what you do. It's that you claim to be Christians. Trump worshiping, charismatic, confused, theological mess. And a politically hijacked church, because now politics has become the dominant force, is vulnerable for theological corruption. So the charismatic, politically hijacked church really make good bedfellows. Now just go make your own religion. Just go make your own religion. Now you'll be happy because nobody in the Christian world would then, well, we won't even worry about it. Well, you just, that's a different religion over there. That don't even claim to be what we are. Okay, that's good. It's like, what, what can bother, what bothers me most when a Mormon or Jehovah's Witness knocks on the door? They always try to claim that they're Christians. They always try to claim that they are what I am. They always try to, and like, no, you, you, you don't believe anything that I believe. So stop claiming to be a Christian or just come to the door and go, we're the true Christians. And if you go to any other church, you're not a real Christian. You're a fraudulent Christian, but they play this really deceptive game. Well, we're Christians too. No, you're not. If you're a Christian, I'm not a Christian. And if I'm a Christian, then you're not a Christian. We're not even the same faith. We're not, it's completely different. I hate when you, when people try to act like, oh, we're the same thing. No, we're not the same thing. It's like the, the gospel for Catholicism is not the same gospel as anyone who holds to a justification by grace alone to faith alone because of Christ alone. They're different. Ex- ex- standing by your difference, being proud about your difference, I respect that more then trying to act like, oh, we're just like, no, we're not, we're not on the same team. <laughs> we're not in the same country. We're not in the same universe. We're not. But there you have it. What, what does the future look like in 2024? That's what I, one of the reasons I wanted to do this is this is only going to get worse, ladies and gentlemen. I cannot tell you how many news articles I have right here about evangelical support for Trump and evangelicals this and how some evangelicals are having trouble with Trump and, and this and, and, and the MAGA movement within churches and I, article after article after article. 2024 has just started off I mean, because the Iowa caucus is coming up. And so it's all, how's the evangelical supporting Trump in Iowa? And it's just like, oh my goodness. Could you talk about Trump and leave the church out of it? Could you talk about Trump and leave the word Christianity not associated with it? Could you leave Christianity out out of your political coverage. If you want to talk about God and the Bible and theology and doctrine, and you want to talk about a Christian worldview, go to the church. If you want to talk about politics, I'm sorry, the politics aren't allowed inside our churches. Now we may touch subjects that deal with politics, but we're going to deal with it from a theological perspective, not a political perspective, because we know political power is not the way to accomplish our spiritual goals, because we are not, we are not using carnal weapons. We're fighting a spiritual war. We're using the, 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 prop, the promoting and the pronouncement, the speaking 
of the word of God. We are to preach it. We are to proclaim it. We are to pr- pronounce the truth of it, right? We are to, we are to teach it. And, and then we are to, to disciple, fast, prayer, church. Those, that's what we're supposed to be about. All right, there's, I could go on for days on this subject because it's so, so, so I know for those who say, you got too upset, you got too mad. I just want you to know this, the article itself, Michael Brown has got some exclamation points. You, you have to read his emotion into it. But that's enough already with the pro-Trump prophecies. Tuesday, January the 9th, 2024, please look it up online. Enough already with the pro-Trump prophecies. For those who are charismatic, nothing against you. I feel sorry for you. Your theology, I loathe and hate with every ounce of my being. Your entire theological movement, I hate. For those who are Christian nationalists and are politically hijacked, I hate the politics. I hate the corruption it brings to biblical Christianity. You as a person, I feel sorry that you threw out the treasure of the things of God to embrace the dirty world of politics. And now you're trying to drag that into the world of Christianity. Yeah, now I'm offended by that. Now, I'm grateful that I don't have those issues, charismatic theology or political hijacking. But I have my own issues to deal with. I've got plenty of them. And let me tell you, I'm just as frustrated and upset with my own spiritual issues as I'm upset with any of these others. Now, you can email me your disagreements because I know they're already started. So you just, you, I know you, you, hey, take a deep breath. You're going to hurt your fingers typing so hard. All right, newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Let the email commence. I will do, I'll do my best to read it. Newsif at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great Saturday. God bless.